on America Can We Talk. I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. Coming up next, America Can We Talk with your host, Debbie Georgiatos. And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatos. I love doing this show. We have a beautiful studio, or sometimes I am today. I'm doing it from a home studio. I want to say great thanks to Real News PR, Real News Communication Network, and getting this whole happy setup from home. Today, I want to talk about uh, four things. Uh, I call the first thing, human nature thrives on freedom, and parenthesis, socialism smothers everything. A lot to talk about on that. <clears throat> and then leftist crime and trans policy, both leftist crime as well as trans policies defy human nature. The Chinese threat at Joe's southern border, cannot wait to talk to you about that. And this is Woman's Hour Feminism Today. And I really am going to enjoy talking about that. I want to start by telling you, so over the weekend, um, my husband and I went to a dinner party on um, whatever day it was. And, uh, you know, these friends invited us over. So we it was a pretty big thing. There were uh, the host, obviously we knew the host couple. We knew one other couple there. We hadn't met everybody else. Um, and it was so interesting. It was a beautiful day. So everyone's outside in the porch. They're barbecuing. And, you know, it's just, it was a lovely thing. And But getting to know, really, I think it was six other couples we hadn't met before. And it was amazing how very quickly the conversation got to what are we going to do about America? It was not, it, it was, people would be maybe a little tepidly saying, so how do you think things are going? But very quickly, this group of hardworking, you know, actually employed, self-sufficient, um, kind of just rock solid, great, nice people, Instantly, the conversation went to what's going to happen to America. And the concerns they were discussing had to do with the impending take, taking over the entire financial system with the CBDC, central bank digital currency, the loss of financial freedom. Uh, the border is utterly unsecured. Our military has been weakened by idiotic policies um, out of the left. Um, there were just, uh, you know, COVID mandates and deaths and dishonesty out of the federal government issue after issue. And they're all just kind of saying, you know, these are the collective um, point you took away from this conversation was there are so many people out there so worried about America and so trying to figure out how do we get out of this? Because all of them were acutely aware of election fraud and how the elections in our country are manipulated. Most of them brought up, had happened to have watched 
Dinesh D'Souza's film, 2000 Mules. Others were aware of the electronic manipulation of voter tabulation software, just all of the electronic capacity to steal elections. Most of them knew about this uh, out of Mesa, Colorado, uh, Mesa County number three report, which was just laden with proof of the, um, not just vulnerability, but the actual um, invasion of electronic voting machines giving rise to theft of elections. So all these things, and you know, I was, I, I have to tell you, I'm going to have a guest on tomorrow on the show. Um, and so I've begun reading his book. This is a, a guest who's an author here in Dallas, and he's written a book about his wife's parents. Uh, and this is a Jewish family. The wife's parents were living in Poland at the time of Hitler coming to power. And uh, they had an extraordinary story of, of what occurred to their family. Uh, the the wife did end up in a concentration camp in one of Hitler's concentration camps. Um, this is, again, this gentleman who wrote the book. It's his wife's parents, so his in-laws. The um, husband ended up uh, happening to be on a business trip in America at the time, uh, so he was not captured by the Nazis. The wife was captured in their story and then reuniting. But I'm telling you this because part of what he did in the book, I'm reading the book to get ready for tomorrow's interview, he talked about the culture in, uh, and the rising expectation of something really bad and terrible coming uh, out of Germany, out of what Hitler was doing in Germany, and the, the relative awareness of, of thoughtful people about how dangerous uh, Europe was at that time and how insightful people could see that. They could discern it, and they, they were recognizing, you know, things are really, really out of whack with, this, with Hitler. And so coming back where we are in America today, the difference between the conversation we're having right now in America uh, to, let's go back to the uh, time when Reagan was running against Jimmy Carter. Of course, there was, you know, very profound insights were shared uh, by the Reagan campaign, by Reagan himself talking about, you know, his, his previous famous uh, time for choosing and his uh, speech speeches during the campaign, just talking about, you know, we're headed to a thousand years of darkness. And he was talking about the policies that were embraced by Jimmy Carter, practiced by Jimmy Carter, the weakening of America, the you know beginning of socializing or socialism of America. At the time, he, Reagan, was willing to say we have to go after the expansionist mission of the then the powerful Russian communists, um, and you know led us into the Cold War, which led to. Uh, the collapse, at least at that time, of the power of the uh, Russian communists. But getting around to saying, there's that same feeling in America today among the informed that we're looking at extremely serious times, not just an impending election a year from November, and not just which party happens to have the political majority, but it's much bigger than that. It's bigger than just the, the political parties and the individuals. It's a sense of losing America. And, this, and you know, we talk on this show a wide variety of issues. We'll keep talking about all these issues, but it really had a, has a, um, a sense of the, um, just the impending danger facing America. And part of it comes from the loss within our American culture, our society, our fabric of the understanding of what America is. And this isn't on my topic list for today, but I'll just quick point it out before I get to my human nature, my first topic for today. But there was a, uh, there's a law being proposed, uh, and I think actually about to make it to the, uh, era, to the uh, North Carolina um, governor's desk, I believe. It's either almost at the governor's desk or making its way through the legislature uh, in North Carolina. 
But it's a law that basically says the state-funded schools, which would include, of course, UNC, other state-funded schools, I assume this goes down to, you know, not just college, but high schools and below that, there is a sense that these people, um, there's a sense that the legislature is putting into law a place essentially to say, you have to teach students about the American Constitution, the constitutional structure of government. Kids have to know something about what America is supposed to be. And there is a petition now been signed by nearly 700 professors just at UNC, just at the major huge school UNC, protesting this law, saying we shouldn't have to teach the Constitution. Now, I can, we'll probably cover this story a little later in the week. And, you know, you know, I can tell you some of the, I can anticipate some of the arguments made by these professors. You know, who are these legislators thinking they get to tell us, you know, we have academic freedom, blah, blah, blah. But it's really profound. These professors are outraged that they should have to impart to the students in North Carolina, in state-funded schools, money coming from taxpayers, that the taxpayers should anticipate that college students have some grasp of what America is and the constitutional structure that is supposed to preserve our freedoms. Anyway, I'll get, I wasn't even on my list for today, but I'll get back to it. But um, what I want to talk about in the first part of the show today, because this deep thing that the sense that came out of being at this dinner party over the weekend with these people who are, you know, they're friendly and they're successful and they're hardworking. They all work. They all have jobs. They all, you know, they're, they're and they've worked. There was a couple, I would say, maybe were in their retirement age. So maybe they don't work full time, but they did work during their working years. And they're concerned about what's happening to America. So I call the first segment today, uh, Human Nature Thrives on Freedom and Socialism Smothers Everything. I just want to hit on one point about this. You know, uh, universities like the one, you know, I mentioned UNC, other places, they thrive on this kind of intellectual uh, superiority of talking about socialism as an academically or kind of a, you know, a, a nirvana utopia kind of system. And wouldn't it be great if we could do this in America? We could make everything perfect and make everything fair and all money would be equally shared. And so we wouldn't have to worry anymore because, you know, everything would be equal and shared and, and fair. And so you have these, these people um, just, um, just imparting this to students who have no more idea than the doorknob on the front door of your house about what the reality is of socialism. These students have no more idea of what socialism really does, of what uh, communism really does. They're just taught this utopian idea out of these impossibly ridiculous ideas um, coming out of the uh, of the academia. And so they think, well, gee, yeah, I'm in favor of fairness. I love fairness. I want to have fairness. We should have fairness here. So this is what young people think emerging from college. And some of the young people who never grow up think this is really actually what you know America is all about. So what has happened? One thing I will just tell you that has emerged um, and is a good example of how socialism and socialistic ideas um, make misery um, has to do with a Biden administration policy uh, that I believe takes effect today. I think that is true. Yeah, it takes effect today. So the Biden administration rule is essentially going to force home buyers who have good credit 
home buyers who have good credit to pay more for their mortgages they purchase from banks than to in order to subsidize loans to higher risk borrowers. I mean, it's a quintessential socialist idea. It is counter to freedom. And I will tell you as a little reminder, so it's a basic thing saying somehow in this, you know, utopian non-existent world that these socialists, including the Biden administration and many professors are spewing out there, they have people thinking, oh, I know how to make home buying fairer. I'll just make rich people cover some of the expenses of the mortgage that the poor people can't really afford. And we've been through this before, you might recall, in the uh, Obama administration, went through this whole idea of just kind of having a, a, a government force at, in, in hand, um, entering into this market uh, of mortgages and basically forcing people who've been successful, worked hard, saved their money, you know, went to work every day, got a paycheck, did a good job, got raises, saved their money, saved up to buy a home. Those people should be punished. And so, and, and this is the impact of what the Biden plan right now is. This idea of this rule is going to take effect today. And um, basically, basically, if borrowers have a credit score of 680, the perfect credit score is 800. So it, uh, they say if borrowers have a credit score of around 680, they'd have to pay $40 more a month on a $400,000 mortgage under rules that the Federal Housing Finance Agency passed that go into effect today. And those costs, those, those, that extra money paid by the people who actually qualify for the mortgage and can pay the mortgage, that will go towards subsidizing people with lower credit ratings who are also looking for a mortgage. And I'm just going to tell you, as in everything that happens with socialism, we've talked about socialism in a wide variety of contexts on this show. We used to do it a lot more a few years ago when we were talking about Venezuela's just fall from freedom to misery, to socialism, and then communism. You know, people do not blithely and willingly go, oh, okay, I'll pay more. I'll pay what I don't owe. I'll, I mean, people fight with their behavior and probably even lawful behavior mostly, but people fight with their behavior, the imposition of unfair taxes on them. I mean, the, the one example I used to love to give was even the famous John Kerry, who's you know married two millionaires or maybe even billionaires in a row. He's, he's married two wealthy women, so he's you know married money. And even he, when there was a huge tax imposed, he lives on the East Coast and had some incredibly value, you know, expensive yacht. And it was uh, harbored in whatever state he was in. I think the difference was Massachusetts and Connecticut, wherever it was. It was two states back east where they had, they had the yacht parked, you know, uh, harbored in one of the uh, one area in one state. And when the state passed a law jacking up a huge fee, a huge, just, it wasn't a fine, it was just an additional tax you know, on people, if you had your expensive yacht parked there, even John Kerry moved his yacht to the next state down. People do not, even John Kerry, who would, you know, even though he would say, oh, I'm an American, yeah, I'm American. You know, he's, he's in with the left socialism. He wouldn't put up with it. The stories are legion of people moving away from high tax areas to low tax areas, moving out of California because they're sick of their taxes, moving out of New York because they're sick of their taxes, 
to lower tax states. It is contrary to human nature to tax people to pay for other people's things that they aren't qualified for. And I will say there are, I commend people who really want to buy a home and the idea of having to save your money up to buy your first home. And in most people's cases, your first home is very modest. It's very modest, but you get yourself into the world of mortgages, get yourself into homeowning and you own a modest home. And then over time, as you pay your mortgage on time and you continue to work hard and you add your savings, then maybe you sell your home, make a little bit of profit, buy the next one. This is consistent with freedom. It's consistent with the idea of America. It's consistent with freedom. So Legion stories out of France, when they try to do a huge tax on the wealthy, people will move. I don't know what people will do. And maybe this particular project of the Biden administration is going to cause them not that much harm. Maybe people say, okay, fine, $40 more a month. I don't like it, but I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to forego buying a home over. I'm not going to go find another, but they may actually go find a different source for the loan. I mean, th these are loans that are, that are um, governed by the, governed by the um, Federal Housing Finance Agency. I don't know if people are going to find loans outside of that, but people fight the idea of the government taking your money away just because they can and to give it to other people who may or may not have earned uh, the right to have it. So I'm getting at the point, this is a small example, but what the Biden administration is doing, as, as, as you recall, Biden VP under Obama, same thing, Obama, his famous conversation during Obama's, I think it was his first campaign when Joe the plumber was basically saying, why do I have to pay higher taxes you know, for other people? And Obama said, yeah, I want to spread the money around. This is a socialist mindset. That is the government's job to spread the wealth of individuals and corporations, spread it around at their whim, at their discretion. That is what the Biden team is, um, the Biden team is doing here. Um, so this socialism smothers everything. I'm going to talk more about that because this is coming out more and more. And, and really a couple of themes I have in mind over the next several months. One is to keep harping on or raising up the issues related to what the Biden team is really doing. They have wonderful talking points there, as most leftists are masterful at their talking points. They're just trying to help, you know, just like Obama, just trying to spread it around, make it a little bit fair, you know, how bad it could be, blah, blah, blah. So, but to wrap up this uh, segment, I'll just say that human nature, why America became the most prosperous, the land filled with opportunity, the land filled with where people, everyone around the world, fleeing persecution, want to come was America, was because of freedom. And freedom in America includes free markets. It includes the concept of hard work, committing yourself to what you're going to do to work, working hard, working your way up, not thinking you're entitled to everybody else's money and not thinking you're entitled to live like the wealthy. Most Americans live wonderful and prosperous lives and they're not wealthy. The percentage of great wealth in this country is minute. And studies have shown, I even wrote about in my book, Ladies Can We Talk, studies have shown if the government were to capture all of the money in America, force every wealthy person to liquidate everything and keep only $100,000 and send it into the government, you couldn't even pay for America's projects, America, what the taxes are go to support. You couldn't support the American budget for two years. I mean, the concept of, I know what we'll do, we'll just take away their money. Or remind me, quickly, I'll throw in, I'm going to get my next three topics, if you're not. But 
The other thing I read recently, or just this morning, I think, getting ready for the show. So uh, Bernie Sanders, the uh, resident communist in our United States Senate, um, he's ha has announced a plan. First of all, he said he's not running, which is good. Um, he, they're trying to, the Democrat Party is trying to make Biden the only one. But um, Bernie Sanders announced that he is um, supporting the idea that any American who is broaching the level of becoming a billionaire, B-boy billionaire, uh, should just be taxed. The government should take away the money because we shouldn't have any more billionaires. I mean, this is so un-American. And it, understand, folks, I'm not a billionaire. I, I mean, I, I don't run in the billionaire class. I am not, you know, having personal sympathy with billionaires. I have personal sympathy with freedom and the concept of opportunity and rising opportunity for everyone. And every dang socialist policy the left tries to put into, into effect in this country only hurts everyone. It doesn't hurt the billionaires and the millionaires. It might cause them to adjust their behavior because they don't feel like giving their money away, but it really ends up hurting the entire economy. And as always, the poor among us suffer the most. Under socialism, the poor suffer the most. If you say you want a system that's more fair, that gives more opportunity to the poor, then support freedom, free markets, and capitalism, and forget about the government as a source of everything that people need or want. That motive, that idea, always ends up creating misery. All right, I got more on that, but socialism is everything. I want to turn and talk to leftist crime and trans policy defy human nature. Okay. So, you know, it's an interesting thing. I told you last week, if you watch this show all the time, you know, last week, most of the week I ran reruns, replays of shows. I ran some of my favorite uh, or most popular Thursday shows. I had one live show, which I'll talk about in a moment. My one live show last week was with Christy Hutcherson. Joined me on Tuesday. We kind of did our Thursday show thing on a Tuesday. She, um, she was wonderful. Uh, she had a lot to share on something we'll get to in, in a moment about the Chinese threat. Um, but we ran that last week and the rest of the week we ran uh, replays because uh, my husband and I are very blessed to have the opportunity to go to two amazing conferences. Amazing. I mean, uh, well, actually I went to one by myself and my husband joined me the other one. And I ended up just rubbing elbows with a lot of really significant thinkers in this country and I'm, you know, I left it enthused about, and, and you know, I've always been extremely, extremely grateful to be an American and enthused about the ideas of America, but I left it realizing how many, many people are working very hard to do everything they can to bring the ideas of America back into power, back into play in our policies, striving to make America, bring America back to its greatness that is being dismantled before our very eyes by the, by the administration. All right. So anyway, I want to talk about leftist crime and trans policy defying human nature. So, you know, it's really interesting. Leftists, just like the ones who push all of the socialism in academia and say, oh yeah, the world will be great. Everything will be fair. If we just have the government constantly taking away everybody's stuff and spreading it around. They, they say that about socialism. But leftists, uh, crime policy is just as evil and harmful, especially to poor people. You know, the left has been pushing in this country through the uh, loudmouth of the BLM, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, many in the American left, uh, Hiawatha senator from Massachusetts, lots of them pushing um, crime policy that essentially says, you know, um, they backed off from it because they realized it was a terrible slogan, but it was defund the police. Like blaming America's police 
for the crime in this country. Very different from looking at isolated instances where perhaps it's true that a police officer or more, one or more, engaged in behavior that was wrong. And in our country, if you engage in behavior that's wrong as a police officer, they're going to be all over you and that's what's going to happen. But you had defund the police. You actually had certain large jurisdictions, Democrat jurisdictions in this country, defunding the police or reducing funding to the police shuttling that funding over to some other leftist cause. And of course, chaos has emerged. Chaos has emerged big time. And part of the leftist push is defunding the police is one piece of it. Another piece of it is the George Soros funding of the uh, district attorneys around the country who won't prosecute crime. Or they only prosecute the crime they want to prosecute. And depends on who you are, like what your status is, your race, ethnicity, national origin, that impacts a lot of whether you be prosecuted um, and uh, what kind of crime. So you have in the inner cities around this country, including right here in Dallas, Texas, we have the decision by prosecutors to say, we're not going after, you know, kind of low level crime. So shoplifting in Dallas, I think originally it was up to $750. Now it's like 900 or something. Wherever the level is around the country, district attorneys won't prosecute theft. And so, of course, you know, if you are someone prone to steal and you're exactly 0% worried, you get arrested and the shop owners know it and you know it, the police, there's no point in the shop owner calling the police when you're shoplifting because the police say, well, why would we arrest him? The DA won't prosecute him. It demoralizes the shop owners. It demoralizes the police. It ultimately demoralizes the whole community because people don't feel safe in stores. Crime is ongoing and nothing happens. Well, there's a bit of a story out of um, Portland, um, you know, home of radical leftism in this country. So the chain store REI, which is a great, you know, I, it's, it's a great outdoor equipment and clothing store. And REI, I used to go to it a lot. I am, um, I actually love the outdoors. I love hiking. I, I've been gone camping and mountain climbing. I love all that stuff. Been in REI stores around the country many times. It's a very cool store, but very woke, just totally leftist woke. So REI in Portland had to shut down after record breaking number of thefts and break-ins. And they said, um, they tried to say, um, they had. They said in an, an email announcing it that they had the highest number of break-ins. REI said its store in Portland's Pearl District had its highest number of break-ins and thefts in two decades, despite actions to provide extra security. So they had an internal email. Somebody leaked it, thank goodness, to uh, the Seattle Times. Uh, they said in a more public email, uh, they've just outgrown the location. But here are the kind of problems they're having. They spent hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars um, increasing security measures for the Portland store, but still suffered numerous break-ins, including a Black Friday incident, Black Friday day after Thanksgiving, big shopping day, when a car plowed through the store's glass doors. So they drive down the glass doors. I mean, the windows are from the store and people storm in and steal things. And so they finally said, okay, we can't handle this. So this is happening in Portland and Seattle and San Francisco, all these left-wing you know, dominant areas that love defund the police and they love don't prosecute crime. They love all that stuff. And yet now they're finding themselves in the place where the stores are leaving. And I can tell you, I worked on a political campaign years ago where um, 
there was a uh, there was a low income area and uh, the Republican candidate was saying, lamenting that, you know, the people who live in this low income area, they don't they have to drive a long way to go to stores, to go to find a quality grocery store, a quality clothing store, whatever, you know, drugstore, whatever it is. And lamenting that store owners don't, uh, and businesses, chains don't open in this low income area. And, you know, the answer obviously was that, uh, and he says, because of crime, they're concerned about crime, the crime level is too high. And so, you know, it was a real, um, a tough thing for him to try to be pushing you know, if, if you want businesses to come here, we have to crack down on crime. We have to crack down on truancy. We have to be law abiding. But these, I mean, the community was suffering because the crime was keeping businesses out. So back to Portland and my larger point about how leftism ruins everything in the arena of crime. So now all these people living in Portland who are in Portland and, you know, Oregon and the state of Washington, Oregon, California, it's full of outdoor areas. I'm going to guess there are a lot of people who would have liked to be able to go to REI to pick up, you know, new hiking boots, a new tent, whatever the things they needed for their hiking trip, you know, backpacks and all the, all the stuff you have. And the store is gone. And so, you know, you can say, well, you know, you, you're so sympathetic to criminals that you won't prosecute them, but really you've caused the suffering of the whole community. And not just REI, because you can live without that kind of equipment. You cannot live without the grocery stores and other things uh, that are, you know, that, that are removed from these communities. You, you can't, I mean, you, you have to have them and, and you can't have them. So to get at the point, the left leftist policy, like soft on crime, you know, let people right back out uh, after they do something violent and the judge lets them back out 30 seconds later, they're back on the street robbing the next thing. The only people you've really helped or emboldened are the criminals because they figured out nothing happens to me. Nothing happens to me. I just kind of float along and nothing happens. So, you know, this leftist idea of how leftism hurts people, it hurts communities. It hurts, it hurts everyone except the criminals. The criminals are helped. They're helped. They, they're looking at this like, wow, what, a, you know, what an amazing windfall I got. Nobody arrests me for anything. And it's also true of the trans policies that leftist, uh, leftist crime and trans policies. I'll just take a couple of trans stories are just kind of mind blowing to me. So, you know, I'll just start with the uh, fact that there are exactly two genders. And, and honestly, people have known this since time began for millennia, which means thousands of years. People have known this. They, you know, they know. And so you had the, um, um, I'm sorry, well, I was washing my, my little notes here. Uh, so you have this transgender policy, this transgender explosion into the American political scene, the American culture in the last 10 years. And all of a sudden, you know, one in five millennials is transgender or thinks they might be or something loopy like that. It was one in 10, I think. And, and obviously this is not organic. It's not natural. It's not happening because suddenly people became this. It's an orchestrated movement. But what's happening with the transgender thing is, it's you know one thing if you decide you know um, you want to transition and you admit I'm a boy but I wish I were a girl or I'm a girl I wish I were a boy. The the ideology of transgenderism, the really important point to get is the ideology is you get to say what you are. 
your your anatomy has nothing to say about what you are. You are whatever you think you are, and you can think and change all the time. It has no connection to reality, just as pushing socialism has no connection to reality, just as saying, let's go soft on crime and, and let's just have, you know, uh, kumbaya sessions and, and sympathy for criminals instead of enforcing the law leads to misery, no connection to reality. But on this transgender thing, um, and there have been more and more people speaking out as young adults saying, you know, I was a little confused in high school. I had a hard time. I read some things on TikTok or wherever I read them, and I thought I was transgender. I've mutilated my body. I, I'm, my, my life is you know, forever changed. I'm miserable. Why didn't someone speak up? So on the transgender thing, and I'm going to tie this into my point. I want to start making more and more on the show about women and women's place in our political world today. But on transgenderism, um, I will tell you two interesting, just, just kind of amazing things. So in the state of Kansas... So what's happening is, of course, many states are starting to outlaw transgender surgery and transgender treatment for people under 18. When you are a child, you know, as I point out, when they're pushing transgenderism in kindergarten and they're trans grooming people, what they're doing, they are grooming and they're talking to kids who still believe in Santa Claus, but telling them you might not be able to discern reality enough to recognize, you know, the deal on Santa Claus, but you know, you can know what you really are and your gender really is. So finally, the people like the same people are wake up and saying, we have to stop this. We've got to stand up for children. So in Kansas, the legislature passed a law essentially saying they, there's a transgender bathroom bill saying if you, whatever your anatomy is, that's the bathroom you have to use. I don't care what you think you are or what you want to become when you're an adult, but we're, you know, we're going to have use the bathroom that, that fits your um, your anatomy. And so the legislature passed this. The Democrat governor vetoed it and it went back to the legislature and the legislature overruled the governor. And all I want to say about that is just stop and think. Contemplate the level of lunacy at which we have arrived. Everyone knew for thousands of years that women like privacy, restrooms, showers, men like privacy, and the idea that a new ideology born of a guy who is himself insane, a guy named Dr. Money, I'm going to do more about him, but Dr. Money was this guy who first proposed this gender ideology. If you read about his life, you realize he was a complete sicko, genuinely sicko, and he proposed this idea. And we're now at the point where an elected governor would think the right choice is to protect the boy who wants to use the girl's shower instead of the girls who would like to have privacy. I mean, that's how far gender lunacy ideology has advanced. And, and you know, it just takes people stepping back and saying, no, I'm sorry, we're going to deal with reality here. Here in America, we deal with reality. So that happened. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say about this, I and mean, there's tons more of more stories I could talk about today, but... Uh, President Trump in his re-election campaign uh, came out recently, and I actually had missed this, and some at this dinner party I mentioned uh, told me about it, and I said, I'll go look that up. Um, so anyway, Trump proposed and has said, I guess, that when he uh, is re-elected, if he were to be re-elected in 2024, then um, the 2023 elections, um, that he would, excuse me, 2024 elections, anyway, that, for, and that he would outlaw try to ban in every state gender mutilation 
gender transition surgery and gender transition treatments for people under 18. I mean, that, I'm telling you people, it shouldn't be a radical idea. It shouldn't make people say, oh, that's, that's pretty extreme. And you know what the left does is they play with words all the time and they come up with these euphemistic, happy sounding terms, use the expression, well, yeah, this is, um, you know, this is really gender affirming care. Gender affirming, meaning that they're supposedly cooking up the idea that, you know, um, because you say you're something, we're going to affirm whatever you say. So, you know, you can think of all the examples that have done the show before, but just absurd. You aren't what you say you are. You are what your body, you know, in terms of your, what your sex is, your male or female. In any case, I think more politicians would actually find themselves in favor with the voters, in supported by the voters, if they would say something along those lines. Just stop pussyfooting around, tiptoeing around, doing a little bit of negotiating with the left, thinking about, well, maybe this, maybe. No, stop all of that. We're not doing that. Here in America, we're going to treat human beings and young women with dignity and respect, and we're not going to have them uh, have to deal with a male anatomy guy in the shower just because he thinks he's a girl. I, I really commend Trump for saying this. Just get out there and be flat out and, and unequivocal about it. I also think on the subject of Bud Light, which has become just a really, uh, it's actually, I'll tell you, this whole Bud Light controversy is kind of a window of what America really thinks. When you see how mainstream media reports things, you could think, my gosh, half of America, they love this transgender stuff. They're all in favor of Dylan Mulvaney pretending he's a girl. And they, they think it's great. They're celebrating it. But you know, rubber meets the road. Bud Light ran their campaign. They actually chose a guy pretending to be a girl uh, and let him, Dylan Mulvaney, and let him be the cover featured on the Bud Light can. And they have lost millions in market. They have lost market share. They have lost millions in valuation. And it is totally and precisely and only because the people cannot find some other way to send the message to corporate America, to state legislatures, to Congress, stop agreeing, stop playing along with this gender ideology lunacy. Stop. stop. You're, you're hurting young people because you're luring them and especially the ones the most vulnerable of young boys and young girls, whatever reasons they have, a little bit unsure of themselves, a little unsure of their attractiveness to uh, the opposite sex, and they get down this, you know, gender bender ideology because they're lured into it. And parents speaking up are trying to say, stop teaching our kids that and to corporate America, stop flaunting it. So speaking of corporate America, so Bud Light is just taking a huge hit because of the Dylan Mulvaney thing. So I sent to the very wonderful uh, Emilio, uh, who is my producer um, and doing the show from a satellite studio today. So I believe everything's all set. Uh, I'd love to have it. you play, please, the Bud Light ad um, that was that Bud Light tried to rescue itself to show, oh, no, we're really cool. Look at us. We're normal. The Bud Light ad. Right. 
And I will say this about that. I strongly urge you to not buy Bud Light, anything else made by Anheuser-Busch. It's not good enough that they quickly reacted and put together a 30 second, you know, normal looking people going to a concert outside video. And we're all supposed to forget about Dylan Mulvaney, a boy pretending to be a girl. This transgender ideology is, it is toxic. It is dangerous. It is bad. And corporations that buy into it largely because of pressure from the LGBTQ, you know, mob, buy into it because it's easier than standing up. They can't get away with that, with that choice of him as their new spokesperson because they put out a 30-second ad looking like they're trying to be normal again. There really should be a very, very, very strong message from America because it, it penetrates not just Anheuser-Busch, but every other company thinking about this lunatic stuff. Stay out of politics, stay out of gender ideology, just freaking do your job and sell your product. You got good beer, sell it, whatever it is. And same goes for Maybelline, which has apparently uh, also hired Dylan Mulvaney to, for women's uh, face cream, I guess. I don't even know what it is, but the point is, this is how you can fight. If, you th if you're frustrated about things in America, you want to know how to fight, no Anheuser-Busch products for the rest of your life. There's plenty of other beer out there, plenty of probably really great beer. I don't drink, I don't drink at all, but other people, lots of people do. Buy something else, enjoy that. Okay, I want to um, I want to hit two other stories, and now I am, as I often happens, I'm a little bit low on time. But um, there's this. Uh, so from my show last week on Tuesday, I had Christy Hutcherson on for a full one hour. It was like our Thursday show on Tuesday, and she talked about her work. She found a women, women fighting for America, WFFA, women fighting for America. She's down the border and south of the border in Central America, in South America. She's all over the place trying to reveal to America what's really happening at the southern border, which is way beyond we have a bunch of people crossing the border who are, you know, don't have a legal right to be here. Of course, that's true. By itself, that is a massive, massive catastrophe. But she's pointing out there are members of uh, people of military age, men of military age, coming from countries who are not our friends, and they are gathering in South or Central America and moving up to, um, through our, uh, getting on buses, coming up through Mexico and appearing on our Southern border, overrunning the border. And so I just want to tell you very quickly, there's a short clip. This is a news guy. Uh, one guy was down there at the border. I'm sorry, I don't have his name handy. I thought I had that, but in any case, um, he, uh, he was filming a bunch of Chinese men of military age lining up, getting on the bus, coming up to America. Let's quick play that clip, Mr. Emilio Diaz. Video taken on the ground along Central America's Darien Gap shows hundreds of military-aged Chinese men headed toward the U.S. Anthony Rubin owns muckraker.com, took that video and joins me now. Anthony, thanks for being here. Why are they coming? Are they Thank seeking you, No problem. Why are they coming? Are they seeking asylum or something particular? Our own border officials saying, I, I mean, it, it's just chaos down here. We can't enforce it. There aren't enough people. There aren't enough effort. And you have, so it's a combination of Biden failing to fund, failing to enforce, not caring, still hasn't vi visited the real border. I mean, he makes some fake out trip, you know, miles away. He ha and, and, and Or he stands in front of Trump's wall. In fact, I heard a long story about that, but I can't get into it right now. The point is, what is occurring with President Biden as to the southern border 
is particularly, it is by itself treason. It, it is truly impeachable. You can't be president if you won't enforce the border. It is a signal you do not support the territorial sovereignty and integrity of America. But more so, this is the Biden administration who is itself, as you talk about in the show, utterly compromised by the CCP, the money running from the Chinese Communist Party, CCP, through Hunter Biden and right on to the big guy, Joe Biden. We've had the story in the show where we had, if you didn't watch that show, uh, we had a great interview with Sam Faddis, F-A-D-D-I-S, Faddis, a few weeks ago now, where he's talking about, you know, you don't, as a CCP, continue to funnel millions and millions and millions of dollars to the Biden family, not just a one-time payment, but over and over. You don't do that unless the Biden family is doing what you want them to do. If Biden was taking money from the CCP, but then standing up for America against China, you know, they wouldn't send any more money. So you have that issue. You have everything that was revealed in Hunter Biden's laptop. We had a great show with Garrett Ziegler on the show, uh, who has taken the entire Hunter Biden laptop, made it into a really big, fat, thick book, and talked about what's happening, um, and, and just published everything in the Hunter Biden laptop, and many, many crimes, obvious, just in the email communications. So you have a president compromised by the CCP, compromised by China, failing to enforce the southern border, where CCP military-aged men are pouring over our border. That's what you have. Military-aged men pouring over the southern border, continuing to fail to fund and enforce the border. And all of us, including the members of Congress watching this, I mean, it's like this, if you were you're watching something happen before your eyes and you're waiting for someone to say akin to the emperor has no clothes he's not on our side the biden administration policies are not consistent with a commander-in-chief who is on the side of the american people it's consistent with of a man consistent with a man who is enabling this chinese takedown of america the Chinese CCP has talked about this over and over. They've openly said they plan to be the world's single superpower. They intend to be dominant over America. They've openly talked about taking America down. The CCP has an open meeting said this. We're allowing Chinese military mage, uh, age men over the southern border. All sorts of speculation by really competent, intelligent, well-informed people. You know, what is Biden up to? Why would he be letting these people come through the southern border if, you know, if, if he's unless he's on their side, I mean, America is being weakened from within. We have the destruction of freedom in America before, right before our very eyes, the loss of the rule of law in the January 6th episode. You have the government telling you you're not allowed to talk about the election fraud. You can't talk about COVID security. You don't have freedom of speech and don't think you do. And we're taking over your finances. And we have this um, CBDC passed, central bank digital currency. You have no control over your money. You think you have savings, but when it's in their hands, CBDC, you don't. You don't. You have a loss of freedom, the loss of the very structure of America right in front of our very eyes, and then the uh, influx of Chinese nationals into America in our unsecured border, and everyone's acting like they can't connect the dots. They can't figure out, what does that really mean? What does that really, what, what could he be up to? Well, I'll tell you, there are people speculating that as we continue to have more and more chaos in the cities, we have stolen elections with no legislature actually taking the bull by the horns and fixing the problem, which means eliminating all electronics, 
all electronics in our elections, no legislature fixing it, uh, you, you end up with a sense that we're heading toward more and more chaos, chaos already occurring in inner cities, the Biden administration policy causing that chaos, not just Biden, but the entire left. And I understand, please don't send me an email saying, you know, Biden is not really running the country because I know that he's, he's not, he's lost whatever mental cognition he had. He's, he's lost his control of things. So um, in any case, uh, he's not mentally competent and the country's being run by Obama, whoever else you want to put in the list, Soros, Susan Rice, whoever the long list of leftists running the country really is. Um, and I know it's not Biden, but he is the occupier of the White House at this time. And so he is responsible. Okay. Um, and by the way, I saw this thing, you know, you know how much it cost taxpayers just with the illegal immigration this year? This year, $151 billion, $151 billion. And you know, it's kind of funny. I think they could do a pretty huge job of the border wall if they decide to spend that on the border wall. But instead they'll let the money just be you know, torn away from the American communities and schools and, and medical facilities because we're covering the costs of their failure or actually it's just refusal to enforce the border. We'll talk more about that, but I, I think that treating uh, Joe Biden as a, um, I mean, Sam Faddis has stated, former CIA operative, years of experience in CIA undercover stuff. Uh, he says it's his opinion that Joe Biden is a controlled asset of the Chinese Communist Party. I, I have no problem believing that because he's nothing he's doing is helping America. He's not even trying to help America. It is all about the left-wing agenda that take down America and its core identity and values and, and freedoms. Okay, you know, I only have a couple times to tease, a few minutes to tease this subject, but you know, I've been, th I, I think a lot about this show. I think about upcoming speeches I have. And you know, when I do this show, I, I do a lot of research. I, I, my husband and I spend a lot of time, you know, thinking and reading and discussing these uh, items. And, you know, I even look at left-wing uh, news sources to see what their spin or take is. Um, but I think about a whole range of issues. And, you know, when I get down to doing a one-hour show uh, every day, it's really hard. It's really hard to choose among everything I'm concerned about, what are the things to throw in uh, to focus on. And so I, you know, pick some and rock and roll forward. But in speeches coming forward, I'm always trying to think, you know, about it. I always want to be hopeful because because I am hopeful about America. I do not. I hear people, in fact, at the dinner party I mentioned over the weekend, there are people, I, I mean, they think the country's gone. And, and I mean, in terms of being restored to a democratic republic with the rule of law, and with freedom and free markets and capitalism and, and you know, the, the whole and, and freedom of speech and freedom of religion, all the things being destroyed by this administration, uh, there are people who just think well, we won't get it back or we will only get it back with you know, like war or something. I am hopeful about America because I truly think the vast majority of Americans despise everything that Biden administration is doing. They despise leftism. The vast majority of Americans do not want crime-ridden inner cities. They do not want police defunded. They do not want prosecutors failing to prosecute theft. You can prosecute for a small charge. You can prosecute with a, you know, and and for people who are under a certain age, you can, you know, clean their record. We'll have to show them they're adult. You can do things to indulge and help the, uh, a, a mildly wayward youth and not have a criminal record 
but not abandon the whole system, which is really what's happened under the Biden administration. The combination of policies coming out of the Biden administration has just destroyed any sense of the rule of law in the inner cities. Uh, you have just the grotesque violation of our, our uh, a sense of justice or rule of law with the ongoing just um, you know, persecution of anyone who challenges the Biden administration, certainly uh, people in, in, who were uh, in Washington on January 6th, 2021, uh, those people still on, oh, by the Proud Boys case, went to the jury today. I think it's today, they went to the jury. So we'll follow that for you, of course. Um, but you see all of this happening, and I try to think of my speeches, why do I have hope? And I'll tell you why I really do. I actually believe, number one, the vast majority of Americans are on the side of we disagree with the transgender agenda. We do not want transgender grooming of our children. We want law and order. We want an enforced border. We want people removed from the country have no right to be here. We want a tax system that encourages and inspires people to work hard and dream and achieve. We want quality public education for everyone. We want education available so people have a way out of their poverty. We want freedom, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of travel. We want fossil fuels available so we can have that freedom to travel, to move as we choose to do. People want that freedom. Freedom is inherent and love of freedom is inherent in the human nature. Socialism smothers the human nature. And I'll get around, I guess I'm going to tease this uh, point at this time, but I want to talk more and more about the role of women in America because I've been reading a lot about what the feminists did when they tried to bring in, um, you know, they, they tried to bring in the, uh, you know, feminist movement it had, a, it had some good roots. It had some good ideas initially. You know, the idea of women should have equal access to education, equal access to jobs. They should have, you know, they should, you know, fair pay, all those things that, that equalized access to women so they weren't second-class citizens. Obviously, the right to vote back in 1919. But feminism has been contorted uh, by many on the left into something that is antagonistic to America antagonistic to freedom, antagonistic to all the freedoms we all love. And there is a, a quality in women that we know as mothers that transgenderism is hogwash. We know. We know that we don't want inner cities dangerous. We know this. We want the inner cities to be safe. And we want them to be safe so we have police enforcing the law. We, Of course, we want to end discrimination. We want to make policing and every other aspect of American life as fair as we can. But there's a heart in women that is strong and that must become more of a voice in America, speaking up for the idea of America, speaking up for the freedom of the American people, because the left seems to have kind of cornered the messaging about women and women, you know, somehow being on the side of what the left is doing. And I'm telling you, I tell you all the time, the majority of Americans are not with the left. The majority of women in this country are not with what the left is doing. Women need to become a more uh, organized, uh, patriotic women have become a more organized, more vocal voice standing up for America. And I'll be talking about more about that later. Okay, I'm past uh, out of time, as happens like every show, but as at the close of every show, I tell you why the stories that we talked about today matter to you. So I believe we sent them. Yeah, there we go. So Mr. Mueller has them. Okay, human nature thrives on freedom. Socialism smothers everything. The Biden administration wants creditworthy borrowers to subsidize 
uncreditworthy borrowers. Separating reward from effort simply assures no one will make no one will make the effort. If everyone gets the same grade in a class, no one will try to get a high grade. It's a race to mediocrity. Separating consequences from behavior will assure that the behavior continues. No penalty for theft, theft will continue. Making the play by the rules people subsidize those who don't play by the rules. Nobody will play by the rules. Socialism promotes lawlessness and sloth. Society decays and degrades. Freedom promotes human flourishing. And the leftist crime and trans policy defying human nature. A developing pattern of rapists I wouldn't even get to this story. Oh my gosh. A developing pattern of rapists transitioning so as to be placed in women's prisons still happening, if you can believe this. Result, prisons experiencing more rape and abuse of women and women turning up pregnant in the women's um, prisons. How can anyone not know why this is happening? How can anyone pretend that this is okay? Humoring fashionable lunacy has never carried such a steep societal cost. Children are being scarred for life. Suicides are rising. Line drawing on matters of morality has been washed away. Time for an unequivocal no to trans ideology. And the Chinese spread at Joe's southern border, videos of military-aged single Chinese men coming at the southern border are going viral. Americans are right to ask what is going on. There is no peaceful explanation for this phenomenon that is credible. There are many belligerent and nefarious explanations that are increasingly credible and very disturbing. Formation of an occupying army? Why? What would activate it? Why wouldn't an American president stop this or at least investigate? And the last one, feminism. Um, this is Women's Hour Feminism Today. Feminism was in many ways disguised leftism. Touting professional advancement for women seems positive, except when accompanied by the denigration of motherhood. You can do both. You can allow professional advancement and, and support and love motherhood. Supporting freedom from domestic and sexual abuse is positive, except when accompanied by advocacy of rampant sexual license in place of morality. Feminism as leftism has been fully exposed by trans ideology. Trans ideology is the absolute end of women's sports. It's an insult to women's rights and equality, but it's consistent with leftist view of transhumanism and godless carbon unit identity. American women must rise to lead the complete rejection of trans ideology and much more. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. I do America Can We Talk because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. America Can We Talk. Truth about America. Can you